Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. This is the show about the show, the show within the show. We peel back the curtain, peel back the onion on what makes the mothership tick. You can always download the PGP by going to iTunes. It's on the normal DA show iTunes feed. It's also on its own iTunes feed because it's kind of a big deal. So you can search Permission Granted Podcast on iTunes or anywhere else that podcasts are downloaded. Also, you can listen to it on demand on the website. Simply go to daoncbs.com. So a big day coming up in DA show history. It's someplace, it's somewhere, it's sometime. You'll remember where you were when. Next Thursday... January the 24th, the Jersey retirement ceremony of one huge freeze. Robbie Rosenhaus raised to the rafters because, as we all know, the Battle of the Bulge did not go his way. He was in a season-long competition of picking college football games against Mraz's NFL picks. Loser, if it was Mraz, there was going to be a five-episode arc of part of the indigestion, PTI, debate-style format, pitting Mraz versus huge freeze. But with Huge's loss, he is now banished for life from the show. So because he's such an integral part of the DA show's lore, we have to serenade him and celebrate his life and career in appropriate fashion. So Thursday, the 24th, is when that will happen. And in advance of this very special moment, Huge Freeze joins us now on the PGP. Huge, hello, how are you? I'm doing good, DA. Uh, Anticipating uh, next week's ceremony. With uh, a lot of pomp and circumstance, it seems. Will there be emotion in the building that day here at CBS Sports Radio? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, like Gerald Ford 35 years ago when he pardoned Nixon, our long national nightmare is over. Do you feel as though it's a long national nightmare? Do you feel as though we need some type of end to this, a clean end? I I don't know. I mean, from what I'm seeing on social media and from what I'm hearing you reading tweets and some Facebook posts and things, it seems like some people are starting to come around on the freeze, just like you said. Yeah, I think they are. I think that there has been... You have become a regular part of the show, and I think that's the interesting thing about radio is that because it's regular, every single day we're in, we're in our listeners' lives. They're going to work listening. They're at work. They're driving somewhere. They're doing something. They're listening on the podcast they we become a part of their lives you became a part of everybody's life over the last 17 weeks regularly for you now not to be part of their lives on thursdays i think has left a bit of a void and you're 
I think you're hearing that and feeling that with the tweets that are being sent in from the listeners. Oh, and it feels great. I mean, it feels great, and, um, you know, it's it's nice to be loved, for sure. It's nice to have a, a nice little niche uh, that hopefully can de- develop into something, who knows, somewhere else, in some, on some other platform. I mean... You know, I, I don't want to be, you know, Jeremy Lin with the Knicks. I don't want to, you know, just ex- excel in that system. You know, I want to go somewhere else, you know, and obviously, you know, spread my wings. I don't want to just be, uh, you know, pigeonholed into the huge freeze phenomenon. My dad, Papa Mendo, is a big, huge freeze fan. He, I talked to him over the phone over the weekend, and he said, you know, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm really missing Huge's singing. There's got to be a way to get him back on the show. I said, Dad, rules are rules. So you got a huge fan with Papa Mendo, as I mentioned before, have you felt that listeners have reached out over social media to you over the last couple of weeks and talked about how much they enjoyed you? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, some of the loyal listeners, I mean, Luis and Palmdale, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they all you know, reach out. They want more Brent in L.A., another one. They all reach out, and they want more. They want more of Huge Freeze, and um, I think some of the detractors early on, like we said, are starting to come around. So it's more... More of a, it's, it's not a, who is he anymore? It's more of a, can we have a little more of him, I think. What do you think it was? Why do you think that those listeners that might have been anti-huge early came around on you? Well, it all goes back to, if you remember, it wasn't Mraz and I that did uh, uh, the first PGP. It was you and I, where you, uh, you and I, we had a tell-all. Then you had... Uh, Ike Feldman on, then Mraz had Mike Carver on. I mean, it was a whole, you know, six degrees of huge freeze. And then we finally got to the bottom of it, and then it ended up, I think, the turning point, even though uh, the, the fans were on Mraz's side in the Battle of the Bulge, I think when the Viking story was vetted out, I think people were like, okay, maybe he's got a little credibility. The Viking story being that you drove the wives and significant others from the NFC Championship game last year of the Vikings. Uh, correct, yes. The, the game that shall not be watched. Correct. So I disagree. I don't think that was the turning point. I think that early on when we had you come on, Mraz had painted you in the eyes of the listeners as a good-for-nothing, obnoxious fan that was uh, – not dependable in work, and that painted how people saw you coming into the show and maybe also saw you, as you've alluded to, as a threat to Mraz. I think where it changed was about midway through the year as you, as we we didn't know you were going to sing every week coming into the Battle no, of the No, we Bulge. didn't. No, that wasn't discussed at all. That wasn't even discussed before we started the Battle of the Bulge. Exactly. It was totally organic, and because you could sing a little bit, we started playing that card and then playing those sound bites, and it just kind of took off. And I would say midway through the season, as your singing became more part of the show, I think your segment went from pitting the villain of Mraz against Mraz to here's a really likable, talented, funny guy that we have on coming on every Thursday. And your pick started to matter less if it was, you know, one up on Mraz or or whatever. It became the segment that we had you on was just really entertaining because of your musical stylings. And that's when people, I think, started really looking forward to the segment and considering you a friend of the show. Well, I get your guys' humor. I mean, there are some people there. You have said that you either get it or you don't. And in, in terms of, you know, things that go on with your show, there's a lot of, 
you know, things that other people that tune into a sports radio show would not care for. But I get your humor, and I think I fit in obviously, you know, well with it. And I think you've played off me well. And obviously, with my songs and everything else, I think uh, we've meshed well together over the last four months. Yeah, and I think people have really taken a liking to the songs and the fun that you bring and the sense of humor. And I'm trying to think, when was the first time you sang on the air? What was the impetus behind that? I think it was the when I was in Vegas for the first week of the year, and I had won the karaoke contest. So I had come back the next week. You had asked me what I had sang, and it was, that went back to Far Bombay. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the song that you had won the karaoke contest. Then, and then it turned into when you taunted Mraz with, um, with the New York, New York, yes, because and then the Yankees he were eliminated. buried himself with Runaway Train, which sounded like a disaster. Right, yes, and then it just kind of spiraled from there, and we had you sing the 80s theme songs and take requests and whatever, and that's really where it took off. So I think now this is going to be an emotional day. I think the listeners have been waiting for this day to see how we would finally kind of put a, a, a exclamation point on your tenure. I won't tell you what we have planned, but it's going to be an emotional day and, you know, I wonder when you come into the building, will there be some reflection, some nostalgia? What will you think about when you're coming in? Well, I'm, it's uh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I'm going to think back on all the songs that I sang. I mean, I, like you with the 12 DAs where you had two that didn't make the cut and you play them the two days before. I have two 80s TV theme songs that didn't make the cut that I'll be able to sing there. So I'm thinking about those. I'm just thinking about all the support that I got from Bogish and people behind the scenes and not Mraz at first, but he turned over a new leaf uh, towards the end. So it's going to be very emotional for sure. I'm going to walk down the hallways and, uh, you know, uh, reflect on uh, my time on the DA show. I wonder... You know, now that I'm sure you heard last week's PGP, I played clips of the PGP on the show because I was stunned. Mraz admitting that he now considers you a friend and that you have a place in his heart. And he said that even if you're not on the show, you will be a bigger part of his life than before the Battle of the Bulge. Were you were you surprised to hear that from him? Uh, I was a little taken back. That was some; those were some uh, heavy comments from a heavy man. I I just couldn't believe it. But uh, you know, some things hopefully will be in the works. Uh, you know, uh, in and outside of the workplace, I think um, we had a good time. As he said, uh, that we had gone out to watch the two college football semifinals, which were duds, by the way. Um, but uh, we had a great time. Uh, his friends, himself, myself. It was uh, it was a detente, if you will. Also, Mraz on Wednesday's show said that you are not only invited to dinner with us for Fat Matt's Barbecue in Atlanta when we're down there for the Super Bowl, but he extended an invite to you for dinner on every meal, every day that we're down in Atlanta. Wow, I didn't know that either. Holy smokes. Wow, yeah. that's that's uh, that's quite the invite. I'm going to have to uh, take that under consideration for sure. There may be some... Maybe some special guests of the female variety joining us one night. You never know. Oh, is that right? Are it you going to have be. female companionship in Atlanta? Yes, could be. Really? No, no, not my companionship, but the companionship of the show. Miss Kristen Ledlow, a close friend of mine and a close friend of the DA show, may uh, be joining uh, us. Oh, very nice. Well, yeah. Kristen is obviously always invited to anything that we do on the show because she's been a friend of the show for a long time, and I know that she's a friend of yours as well. So, yeah, Mraz gave you the, the open invite, and I just I think 
I think he has softened so much, and I'll be honest, I think he regrets now that we installed the lifetime ban. I think he really does regret it. Well, he said it on the air as well, but, um, you know, it, it, it definitely sounded authentic. And uh, I think he's not the only one, as, as we said before. There's some listeners out there that definitely regret it. You know, the, the adult contemporary huge freeze line had some people come around, I remember. I think the perfect stranger song, when I, when I sang it on point and just on song, I think that was the one where everybody was like, whoa, yes. like this was yes. really catchy and really fun, and maybe yes. he's more than he's cracked up to be. I totally agree. I think the perfect strangers theme song was the break point, the pivot point for a lot of people that really jumped on your bandwagon. Since that's going to be the next big event after the AFC-NFC title games, obviously the playoff games this weekend, then the retirement ceremony the, the week after that, and then the Super Bowl. So I'm glad that we have that it's kind of bigger than the Pro Bowl in many ways. <laughs> what's, what's your thoughts on these two games? I know you're not picking games for us anymore, but what's your thoughts of the AFC-NFC championship games? I really, oh my goodness, holy smokes. As we're taping this podcast, I just got a text message from Kristen Ledlow saying, awesome, I hope to see you soon. Very How about nice. that? That's right awesome. on cue, right, as we're taping this. But as we go back to the games, uh, the NFC game, I think, is, is fascinating in, in terms of the Saints basically have to go da- up and down the field because I think the Rams are going to go up and down the field. I don't see the Saints' defense responding. I think the Rams are going to surprise people. I think everybody's putting the Saints in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be so sure of that. Um, I'm still going to pick the Saints to win, but I, I think it's going to be a closer game um, that some may think. In the AFC, I'm all Team Mahomes. I think he's done enough where he's going to prove it, you know, on the field, up and down the field against against the Patriot defense that for some reason showed up last week and they were healthier. And I just think that, that the, the uh, momentum of the Chiefs and how they buried the Colts last week, I think it's going to come to play. I, I think the temperature obviously is going to come into play. Does Brady really want to play in negative degrees? He's an old man. I think the Chiefs and the Saints are going to meet in the Super Bowl. But I think both games will be close. All right. Can you give us a pick on the line? Saints laying three and a half and Chiefs laying three. They're both the favorites. I'll take the Rams plus the three and a half. I think it's going to be a field goal game, and I'll take the Chiefs minus the three. Okay, very good. Well, I'm excited for the retirement ceremony. I really am. I'm, I'm very excited. I, I think that uh, it's well-deserving. You know, you're going to be the first retirement ceremony ever in Mothership history. Well, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't do one for Joey Chestnut. Didn't he get uh, you know banned <laughs> from the show as well? Yes, but he doesn't deserve an honor out of it. Oh, okay. So I deserve an honor d- due to my uh, contributions. He didn't make any contributions. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is like the Veterans Committee. You, you got voted into the Hall of Fame for con- contributions to the game. It's like Marvin Miller getting in. <laughs> I turn on PBS. This broadcast is brought to you by viewers like you. <laughs> All right, Robbie. <laughs> we'll see you in studio for the retirement coming up on Thursday. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday, my friend. There it is. Robbie Rosenhaus joining us. Here on the PGP, that's side A. Maraz and Bogish have side B. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome into side B of the PGP. This is Maraz, the host of side B of the PGP. Is and this puberty for you right now? What's going on? What do you mean? Uh, it's twice in like three seconds. Your voice went to a strangely high note. Well, I I must be seeing the huge freezes voice coach from high school. I think <laughs> that's what's happening for me. But as you can tell right there, the lofty pipes of Andrew Bogus join me here on side B of the PGP. And 
Let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, a little behind the scenes, behind the curtain, something that bothered me, and I wasn't in on a Trash Tuesday, so I'm going to give a day after Trash here. Right away, as soon as I woke up this morning, I get bombarded by Taz and the Moose's producer, Mike Biseglia, as well as a couple of our listeners, because immediately following the hit drama, This Is Us on NBC, which I'm a big fan of, Andrew mm-hmm. Bogus, yeah. which I believe you watch as well. Uh, not anywhere close to being caught up, but I have seen it, yes. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm locked in. I tweeted out something I was unhappy with with the ending of a show at 10.01 p.m. after the show ended at 10 p.m. This yeah. is Eastern time, of course. And I'm getting, I'm getting these people who didn't watch going, you shouldn't do that, man. That's not fair to those of us who haven't watched. And I have a major problem with this. We are so lazy and reliable on on-demand and on-DVR that I understand if it's a Netflix show and maybe not the time to rip through. It's a binge-watching show. This is a network show that's on the same time, same hour, same week. If you know it's on, don't be on Twitter scrolling through Twitter if you don't want spoilers. Like, I should be able to interact with fans and those of us who watch live. What, am I going to wait till Friday to have a This Is Us take? It's silly. I, I see both sides here. My, and like I said to you live in a moment when you were getting yelled at, um, did you really just need to tweet at all about This Is Us last night? It's like, a popular you, show, and I like interacting with fans of the show. And you needed to be involved in a, in a post-show... Yeah, uh, well, yeah, because this was the return episode after the full finale. Okay. And and mind you, this is one of the most massively popular shows on TV. Agreed. And you it's not like you could it's not like it gets released in the morning and people can watch it on leisure. You know it's on at 9 p.m. Eastern on NBC right, every but people Tuesday. People are busy. I'm not saying people aren't busy, then don't be on social media. Don't lean on having to scroll through to see, you know, if your ex-girlfriend had tacos for dinner. Stay off social media then if it's that important to you. I, I well, really just unfollow you altogether. Well, there's also fair point. Or mute me. There's also <laughs> no real written rule in this day and age with the DVR and all of this stuff. As far as hey, don't talk about shows. On, it's just kind of like unwritten rules that people. Forty eight hours, twenty four hours, yeah. seventy two hours. And by that point, when you're forty eight, seventy two hours you've removed, moved on. you've moved on. There's a, I've watched seventeen other shows or fifteen other games I want to talk about since then. What am I going to wake up Friday morning and be like? Okay, I think we've given this enough time. Here are my this is us thoughts. This Back in 1993, this wouldn't have been an issue. We reacted to Seinfeld right after Seinfeld ended. Well, not on Twitter. Right, okay, but at the water cooler <laughs> the next morning. It the was next sa- morning. Okay, but if I was talking about it now, I'd still have Mike Bissett going, oh, I didn't watch yeah, it yet. I know. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time having any emotions about this topic because it mostly stars you and Mike Biseglia at the no, moment. No, no, but you witnessed it. I and, did. And like, and I'm just looking for your input as, uh, you know, a guy who watches yeah, TV. I mean, I, I I, think that you, when you're on Twitter or anything around something relatively as important as This Is Us, I mean, you just, you've accepted the danger of somebody saying something or, you know, writing something you don't want to read. Yeah, um, I agree. But I, I also think, again, like, you didn't have to go, like, you could also just not tweet about it. But just I want for no to. reason. Just, you know, I want to talk about it with fans. So go find, like, a Reddit page or a, oh, a talk room, a chat room serious. somewhere. All right, on to a real trash Tuesday that happened on the show. Yeah. Is the body serious here? I I just Did went back and, to it. I just went back and listened. So Pete the Body Bilotti, who really Trash Tuesday was built for him because yes. his whole life is one giant complaint. Right. Well, let's be fair. He complains that somebody in Penn Station, I guess it was. Yeah, I was there for it. Was power washing at what Pete called rush hour, but really was in the 4 a.m. Eastern hour, which is not rush hour. No. The man is doing his job. 
at an ungodly hour, that's not rush hour, at an hour that you should be doing that kind of thing. And Pete would be the first person to complain if Penn Station continued to be dirty and grimy oh, and yeah, his shoes does. got messed up. Right. So when somebody's actually doing the job and picking an hour when the least amount of people are there, but because Pete's there, he's inconvenienced. That, to me, was the most offensive, disgusting Trash Tuesday Pete has had to date. I, I say that seriously because the man now has officially lost his mind. Well, I'm just, I, I remain both amazed and frustrated with Pete's inability to trash things, like, correctly. Like, there was a trash <laughs> for this yesterday. So the, the long story was, we get off the train, and everybody gets off the train, and everybody's making a mad dash to the staircase to get upstairs. This is from the railroad on Long Island to the subway to get down to our, our studios here. So me and Pete and other people, we crossed the platform to the other side where our train didn't come in because there's more room to walk and we can go faster and beat this crowd to the stairs and get to the subway faster. True. So we're over, we're, so everyone's walking down the left side. There's a bunch of us now on the right-hand side. As we come past like a staircase, that's where this worker is. And because most people were on the other side, he turns his hose to what he thinks will be the empty side of the platform because there's no train there and starts cleaning that way. As we come out from behind the staircase, this little mini tsunami of water comes across the platform and Pete's first in line. So he almost gets, you know, swept away by this rush of water. Boy, I wish he did. So the trash is maybe the guy should look before he sprays. Maybe when a train comes in, he should just turn the hose off and wait the three minutes until the platform is empty once again. But But Pete's trash ends up being that he should do this in off hours, and he's exactly doing it in off hours. (laughs) 4.52 arrival in the morning is not rush hour. It's not 4.52 p.m. when that platform is six people deep, trains on both sides. He's not walking through this crowd spraying little things of water. He just (laughs) didn't look before he hit the button. That's all he did wrong yesterday. In fact, not only is 4.52 a.m. not rush hour, the most of the people that would be commuting into Manhattan on a weekday during rush hour, are not even awake at 4.52 right. in the morning, which right. is, just shows you how outrageous. They still need to wake up, get ready, and get on the trains to get in there for rush and hour. And the place is empty. It's like a cave. You could do the echo game in there. I mean, it's just there's nobody going on. All he had to do was wait two minutes, and there would be no one around him, or just look before he turned and sprayed. So, like, that could that should have been the trash. But it ends up being one about doing it at the right time, and he was doing it at the right time. You know, I'm actually laughing because... Pete mentioned somebody else who got hired around here uh, in the building, and he the guy has nothing to do with CBS Sports Radio. Okay. And the reason I'm internally laughing, Pete's comment to me was, this guy, insert his name here, better not infringe on his schedule-making abilities right. at CBS Sports responsibilities. Radio. And, like, I looked at him, and I, I said, Pete, this has n- one has nothing to do with Why would that yeah. even go through your head? And now I'm just thinking to myself, this guy power-washing better not become the new scheduler at CBS <laughs> Sports Radio. It's like, it's like the, uh, the Thanksgiving scheduling snafu here where somebody didn't show up and Pete had to, you know, answer a couple of texts or whatever. And then he says to me, man, that was still bothering me, like, Friday, like, 24 hours later. Oh. And I'm like, why? A, it got fixed. B, it wasn't your mistake. The, guy, the anchor messed up by not showing up. You fixed it. No one was mad at you. You letting it still bother you the next day is your fault and I, nobody else's. I can't believe we've gotten to this point here. We're about eight minutes in outside B. But I didn't. I thought we would make fun of Peach Trash and move on. But now we're just too in deep on this thing. Yeah. I have another point on the body. Please. This has really become a body situation. Yeah. Pete on Monday 
when I'm in the control room with him, tells me flat out Sunday he's had to drive to Hartford, Connecticut, which mm-hmm. is a good three hours away from where yeah. Pete and I would live. And right away I say, well, Pete, we got the football games on Sunday. He had to go to, like, Frozen on Ice in Hartford. So, first of all, right off the bat, if somebody works at sports radio, Pete, what are you doing? Yeah. So he says it's something tied to family. Okay, I'm not going to question it. Sometimes family lives get in our way. Somebody called out sick Sunday on the weekend. Yes. Pete was upset that he had to answer the phone while at an arena for a Frozen on Ice event. And he was saying on Monday, you know, this is ridiculous. My point to him is he really proudly wants to take the scheduling thing on right. and continue to be a boss. That comes with the territory. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're in charge of scheduling and somebody calls out sick, it's radio, there are people working on the weekends. I don't know what you're complaining about. Nobody forced this on you. Exactly. You wanted it. Now, we thought originally that he, like, selflessly <laughs> went down the hall. The boss was like, if you need help, right, I'm here. I think the real story was that they asked around for people who were willing to fill in while we don't have an actual program director right now. I still don't think that's true. But either way, he could have said no. Like it didn't it didn't have to be this way. But he <laughs> he signed up for it. But complaints now about deal it nonstop. Nonstop. Oh boy. And, you know, my treasure of the day was like when I or was it my airing of the grievances when I said you gotta start stories with like specifics. Right. He's he's talks to himself in the head and then jumps and, then, a great and then brings you in. And now his new thing is my stuff. He keeps calling it this scheduling thing is now <laughs> my stuff. So I at least learned that code. If things start to, if a sentence story with my, a story begins with my stuff, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> this guy, this guy working, he better not come in and infringe on my stuff. So on that note, Love I guess you, I guess we've taken up too much time of your Pete stuff. So if you have somebody in the office that's like Pete, just know, uh, talk behind their back on a podcast. That's yeah. the best way to do it. Yep. And uh, it'll make yourself feel better. But that is what Pete the Body Pilate has become. And I'm sure when he listens to this, he's not going to be too happy. No, but he's RP, and you can't have him. You exactly. We still love him. Yeah. That's the way we'll end it. But kind of. He definitely loves me. And if anybody More wants to be you. the next schedule maker at CBS Sports Radio, please apply because I'd love to see Pete's head explode. <laughs> you can follow Andrew Bogish on Twitter. At Andrew Bogish. And you can follow me on Twitter at CBS. Have a great weekend, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.